And it looks like we're live. Are we live? Yeah, it looks like it, man. All right, sweet. So, hey, what's going on, everyone? It's me, Mr. Mario, and uh, who do I have with me here? Yeah, it's me, Devin, again, back on the podcast for his third time, I think. Yes, third time. And uh, there's uh, something special about that as well, too. First off, thank you for uh, for coming on here. Yeah, absolutely, man. I'm super stoked to be on here again. Yeah. So I also want to uh, talk about this. I've kind of been hinting at it a little bit. We've been uh, talking about it on social media as well, too. And uh, at the beginning of this podcast here, I wanted to talk about it. So for anybody who is watching the pre-recorded version right now, or if you're here right at the beginning, the 11 viewers who ch who uh, chimed in, welcome. We uh, really appreciate the viewership. Or if you're listening to this uh, after it's been published and such. Uh, but the reason why Devin is here, it's for good and bad reasons, depending on what you look at it. Uh, so Devin is definitely a awesome member who's been on the podcast. He's helped me co-host. Uh, he's subbed in when Daniel wasn't there. And uh, he's also been a guest with Daniel and I. And um, I guess easiest way to say it is, unfortunately, Daniel is not going to be on the podcast here going forward. Um, I just want to say that it's absolutely nothing malicious. Um, what's happened is really... If you follow Daniel and you follow the podcast from the beginning and both of us, you know that we both really got started on YouTube in the modding scene here. And really over the past year or even two, Daniel has just completely rebranded himself into 3D printing. And uh, it, there's nothing wrong with that. But it's also gotten to the point where really his interest for modding was not there. Uh, on top of that as well, too, um, attendance was not going lie. It was becoming a bit spotty. Um, really near the end, and I'm not trying to, you know, defame him or anything else, but um, really near the end, it was to the point where I was getting things done, like I was getting everything set up, and really I just wanted him to show up and perform. And there were several times he wasn't able to do that, really at last minute as well, too. So what happened was uh, I talked with him about it. It was at the end of the last episode, and uh, I just kind of proposed this idea to Daniel. I said, hey, I think it might be good if we have a different co-host. And he agreed with me. He said, you know, I'm really not into the modding scene anymore. I hung on to mod chat because I thought that I would regain this love for modding that I once had. Unfortunately, I don't really think it's going to happen. Uh, Daniel hasn't made an announcement about it or anything, but I've talked with him. He said after his semester's over here, so good luck to him on that. Uh, after his semester's over, he does plan to make a video at least talking about this and such. Uh, but he said, you know, if you feel like this better for the podcast, go ahead now. Devin's been interested in podcasting for a while. He's been in modding for a while. I met him through modding, through YouTube on here and all that. And I felt like he was a good contender for someone. So I invited him on. He was awesome enough to accept the role. So he is now going to be the uh, permanent co-host here. And we hope it stays that way. So Devin, welcome aboard on Mod Chat. We uh, appreciate you. And I hope that everyone else in the audience can extend a warm welcome to him as well. So I guess, Devin, if you want to kind of introduce yourself now as the uh, the new co-host, you can, you're can you free to do that before we jump to these topics. Yeah, absolutely, man. Uh, first off, definitely thanks. I'm excited to be on here. I'm you know, going to do my part, and I think it's going to work out really well. Um, but, you know, I am sad myself to see Daniel go. I've been listening to your podcast for a number of months now. So, uh, you know, I hope I can fill in his shoes pretty well. Um, you know, I've enjoyed the chemistry between you guys quite a bit. So um, I'm excited to kind of be a part of all this. But like you said, I've kind of been in the modding scene for quite a while. Uh, kind of got me into being a developer. So it's what I do as my day job now. I hope So I hope that I can bring some you know, new things to the table with that as well. For sure, for sure. 
So I guess with that, with bringing things into the table, should we uh, get into these topics here? Because it looks like people are itching to figure out what's going on. Yeah, let's do it. Sure. So first off, let's go ahead and share this right here. Just have to look at my screen. But we have something something pretty interesting that came out recently. Is it is it out yet or not? I know it's been produced, but I don't know if it's 100% out yet or if it's in pre-order mode. But it is the PS4 MTX key mod chip, which is what Mod Chip Central calls this right here. Um, if you look at my screen, I'm sharing it. But uh, it retails for about $60 or so. And interestingly enough, uh, in short, this is a way that you are able to, I mean, just low-key pirate games. That's what it is. Um, but as opposed to, you know, being an actual true modification for the system, um, in a way, it ends up changing up and tricking the system as to how you can activate it. And uh, the cool thing is, it's actually working on the latest firmware. It came out on firmware 4.7. We're up to 4.72, and it's still working. Uh, the only thing is, is that it cannot be used online. Now, I don't know why. I don't really plan on getting one of these because this just doesn't really... It piques my interest enough to really look into it, but it doesn't pique my interest enough to actually like try installing it or anything. Um, but no, it doesn't allow for online play. Um, so, Devin, have you yourself looked into this yet? Just a little bit. Um, as you know, I don't have a PS4, and I'm not deep into the scene, but I've definitely taken a look at this. And the first thing that I thought about was how interesting it is that we're seeing a mod chip like this in this day and age. I feel like we haven't seen anything quite like this in a while other than a hard mod. Mm -hmm. um, have you actually heard of uh, like the Brazilian method or what was going on? To, like Brazil just thinks of all these crazy ways to modify their system, but did you hear about what they were doing with like the PS4, Xbox, and Xbox One? It sounds familiar, but I'm not too into it. So it was pretty similar to this, and it's really the same concept, except this is a lot cleaner. And I mean, like, I'm actually pretty impressed with this. Like, look, that's only six wires. It fits in there really well. And like, I looked at this. This is this is an easy, of course, you have to know how to solder, but that's actually a really easy install, which impressed me. Uh, but what happened was the Brazilian method of getting games on a PS4, so to speak, was... It wasn't fully detailed. They gave very rough instructions that were then translated poorly into other languages. But in short, you kind of had to do a NAND dump and also do a hard drive clone of some kind uh, from one console to another. And they would charge something like 60 or 70 bucks to fill your PS4 with like 10 games or something like that. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's pretty familiar. Yeah, so I even have like the document right here, which this was also translated as well, and this is all available on uh, Mod uh, Modchip Central. Um, but right here, you know, it has the images and all that stuff, and then it shows the instructions on here. Um, now, there's also a video, which I'm not going to show on here because I'll be explaining it, but um, in short, and I'm not reading off this, I did see the video, but in short, what you need to do is uh, after you install, you need to turn on the PS4, you need to then sign into an account on there that has a bunch of games, um, activate it, and then you need to end up like pressing, I think I believe you need to press one of the buttons on the chip, activate the system, turn it off, turn it back on, and then deactivate it, but press the second button, and then you turn it off, turn it back on, and in short, once you do that, it, it tricks the NAND and it tricks the system into thinking that that account is still activated on there. And now because of the PS4's ability to play games on uh, external hard drives, 
the idea here is that you can take a account and buy, I don't know, 20, 30 games on it, install them onto the hard drive, do this trick, so that way you're able to essentially clone it onto a whole bunch of different systems. Uh, main thing being, though, it does work on latest firmwares, but you still can't go online with it. Interesting. That seems kind of convoluted, but I guess for $60, it's not too bad. Yeah, and also this is like really the only thing we have right now. So, interesting. yeah, it's interesting. As I said, like this has been this idea, not the same thing. This idea has been in Brazil for a while and actually used a Raspberry Pi. And from what I heard, there was also another thing uh, with the Xbox One that was quite similar as well, too. Uh, but again, the, the true method wasn't really out there because they put out enough to prove that it could be done. But they, of course, also don't want people to replicate it because that's how they're getting their money. Right. Yeah. So that's really interesting. It is. It is. It's it's well, I was going to say it's good stuff. I'm like, well, I don't know. It might not be that good stuff. Oh, and then, OK, I wasn't really paying attention to this as much. OK, this is on the PS4, 10 and 11 models. This install would be harder, it seems, but it works on all models. That is <laughs> I I would say it's not it's not good for Sony by any means, but also I think this method is so obscure that not that many people are gonna do it. Really, not not that many people are gonna know about it, really understand it. And honestly, the fact that you have to keep your PS4 offline is going to turn off a lot of people. Yeah, definitely. And it's kind of mm -hmm. ironic too, because this is really obscure, kind of convoluted, but it seems well documented. It so. is. It is, it is, because this one they are actually designing to sell. Um, like, down in Brazil, that's how they're making their bread and butter, that's how they're making their business. This one was designed, from what I see, out of China, where they are explicitly not only offering the service, but they're making this chip to sell it off for profit. Right, right, right. Well, I mean, it sounds like this has already been kind of, they're using exploits or tricks that they've already known about, but perhaps mm -hmm. it's something else in the future with different mod chips it's kind of interesting to see where that can go exactly it does look like it says it's in stock i mean it doesn't say anything about okay, so it's not shipping right now so it's no longer on pre-order the last time i checked it was on pre-order that's why i was asking about that yep right here on uh mod chip central says in stock so okay well it shows how much attention i was paying i'm sorry <laughs> no worries man <laughs> uh, well with that I mean I've kind of gotten my spiel out of the way on there uh, you want to go ahead and take the next topic here yeah sure so really exciting stuff um, you know kind of makes me want to buy a second switch here soon if I could even get my hands <laughs> on one but sounds like the switch kernel has been dumped at least which is really one of the first steps in kind of getting deeper access into the kernel um, I don't know if either of you or me or you or figured out if it was decrypted or not, if there was still some, you know, another layer there in between. Maybe somebody in the chat could help because I know there are people who have um, who know more details on this. Um, I don't want to spoil the next thing here. Um, but from what I know, it's been dumped, but they don't have true access to manipulate it. And I don't believe it's been decrypted. I think it's still an encrypted NAND. Right. It's still incredible, I think, that we've only been, you know, how many months has it been since Switch came out? It's been March. So, it was March, yeah. Right, so just a few months, and we're already seeing a lot of progress. Um, the team involved on the Switch has already proven themselves to be really, really good. So, it, you know, I'm not terribly surprised, but it still is It's pretty nice to see. Mm -hmm. 
That's true. Yeah, I know. Um, what is it? We're kind of leaning into this. And uh, for anybody who's not watching this live, um, Tavin, that, that's how I say your name. If I misspell it or if I don't say correctly, I apologize. But uh, he said there is some form of kernel access, but not 100%. Right. So we do have that lease. And they're going to keep it private at least for a bit until there's something that's pretty well molded and such out there. And I would imagine if we have kernel access even a little bit or we've been able to dump the kernel you know i don't want to spread rumors but this should mean well for user land access too i mm -hmm. mean um even if we get homebrew in the near future that would be really awesome absolutely but with the 3ds um you know if smealum's behind it i'm pretty sure he's going to wait till it's very well done and very you know stable and uh you know the homebrew launcher in its first iteration was pretty nice out of the gate is um is Smealum working on the Switch, if you know of that? I know he's posted about it. Um, uh, Pluto is someone who I noticed was posting a lot about the kernel being dumped. Uh, but Smealum has posted about it. I know he has a Switch. Uh, okay. He got his late, and he was very frustrated. <laughs> oh, yeah. I remember it took him like three weeks to get it with Amazon Prime. Yeah, it didn't Amazon, sound what like the fuck is up, man? A very good situation there. But, um, yeah, so I, I don't want to uh, speak for him or anything like that. I don't know how much uh, he's been involved with it, but it seems like he's at least around. Okay. Makes sense on that. Makes sense. Anyways, uh, speaking of dumps here, I do have something. I'll go ahead and share my screen on this. But um, some people have mentioned this in the chat, but for anybody who is watching or listening to this later on, uh, the scene group Big Blue Box has been responsible for other things, mainly with like the Wii U and uh, the 3DS and such. They end up releasing their first slew of games. Um, this was in my Discord chat where I believe, um, I don't remember his name. It starts with a T. He end up dropping this so thank you i know i know he's in here uh his real name's nicholas but um no this was uh we're looking at the nfo for the first game dump here and uh the first games that have been dumped have been lego city undercover puyo puyo tetris has been heroes arms mario kart 8 deluxe and uh breath Legend of zelda breath of the wild um right here it's saying you know just in the release notes well time to do a switch release the first of its kind so we better include some information this is a dump from the cart done on a switch console included is the exe fs and the rom fs this uh in parentheses in is well, yeah in dot i storage that's it we have chosen this because raw cart format is unique, so we remove the uniqueness, and this is what we are left with to uh, mind to your heart's content and maybe learn something, enjoy as always. Yeah, I mean, the progress here is incredible, to be honest. Mm -hmm. uh, we've got several game dumps, obviously more to come. A lot of progress in this whole entire scene is going to be coming really, really quickly. Absolutely. I know uh, just to answer this, uh, one person in chat, Donald, was asking, I assume that the dumps aren't usable in any way, just a proof of concept. And that's exactly what it is. Um, but that's how it is for every system, really. You can figure out, you know, you get your NAND dump, you can figure out how to dump the games, and they'll be circulated for a while until something happens with them. Like, we've seen it with the Vita, we've seen it with the 3DS, we've seen it with every system, really. I mean, you can dump the game and just kind of, I guess, stockpile them, so to speak, until um, they're usable. Right. I mean, there's some reverse engineering going on here. Just kind of connect the pieces together, um, uh, you know, whether it's actually installing it onto the console, which I would imagine is probably the way that this is going to go. Um, I can't imagine it being any different than a 3DS or a Wii U where we just get ac access to the... Uh, 
user land or the kernel, whatever we need, and be able to actually run them with without signatures. Um, it's kind of funny though. Uh, switch dumps are nice, but I really wish one of these days Nintendo or whoever could figure out how to you know make a uniqueness on one of these cards. It sounds like were you saying that each card is unique already? Yes, they did say that. I wish this kind of you know Nintendo or some company could figure out how to let me just back up my games already. And maybe mm-hmm. that would lead to more piracy, perhaps, but I feel like that would alone eliminate a lot of the need for homebrew. We could just get this out of the way. <laughs> well, I mean, the way they do explain that is um, like the way they end up defeating that or try to, you know, say, hey, if you want all your games in one convenient location, buy digital. I know, I know, but I'm going to be buying two copies of games because I want the game, but. Having all my games digital on the Switch so far has been a dream. Well, I mean, admittedly, even like recently, this this week I've been working on my Wii U again, and my thing was, you know, I decided to remod it, all that other stuff, and uh, my main thing on that was, hey, I got this hard drive, I want to put the games on there, but I want to take all my games, because I, I have a pretty good physical collection. I want to take all my physical games and just put them on the hard drive so I can right away play them, but like, I don't, I don't want to get them fully digital, but I still like having that physical collection. Right. And I'm not uh, maybe, maybe I'm just an entitled asshole. I have no idea. I don't think so. I'm not that much of a collector myself, but I do like having, you know, the few games that I really like like to have. Um, I have some stuff from when I was a kid, a few games. Um, I still have a lot of my old Pokemon games, and it's it's really nice to go back and find and play. Um, so I'd love to do that with this as well. And you know, there is a chance that you could get a new Switch, or a Switch could get. Uh, you know, factory reset or whatever. And if you can't download the games because the servers aren't available anymore, I feel like that's something that we haven't really encountered yet as far as, you know, generations of consoles go. No, 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 we we have. I mean, we have the thing where there's been games that are distributed digitally that are now stripped of certain songs and all that. Very minor, but like, for example, Vice City and San Andreas, there's been patches that have come out to remove content because the licenses aren't available for for those anymore, so they can't continue to distribute them uh we've lost games of time as well too uh one of them being well i guess that that's being a little bit dramatic because i'm thinking of more you know archival and such but uh no like scott pilgrim versus the world you cannot legally buy that game anymore interesting i didn't know that it was released digital it's a great game was only ten dollars thankfully i got it at the time uh but yeah something happened with the licensing and because of that it was pulled off psn and xbox live and the situation was never remedied so you can either get a hold of an account that has it on there you can get a hold of a console that has it on there or pirate it but like if you want to buy it now you don't have the option of buying it yeah and that's kind of the example i'm talking about but i guess in my head i was thinking a little more dramatic i don't know if i think is the wii the original wii's like uh eShop still available no it's gone yeah. it's gone so anything yeah, no, the, the, wii is, the wii is offline yeah, I didn't think about that, but I guess any eShop games that you wanted on there, if you bought those and you get a new Wii or reset your Wii or whatever, I know that had issues with transferring data anyway. That's a whole mm-hmm. other story. But concept is still the same. I mean, you don't have access to that anymore. and That really is a bummer. Uh, we had the same issue, too, with the original Xbox Live, the original Xbox Live Arcade on the first Xbox. Anything you, Any money you spent on there, that's gone. Um, even going as far as 
not really with games, but with DLC. So with that, it stayed on the original Xbox. You can't get those games back. Uh, but now with DLC, you know, there were games such as Halo 2, for example, uh, where it had DLC that was available. And now because the servers for the original Xbox are offline, um, there is, I don't know if you could still get the update, the 1.6 update for Halo 2, if you sign on to Xbox Live, um, on the 360, of course. Uh, but I know there is one download pack on there where there was several map packs released. Most of them were released on disc, but there was one that was digital only. And that's another thing. You cannot legally get that. Like, like if you have a brand new account, you can't get that. Yeah, that's kind of a bummer. Yeah, there was one more map pack that was released that wasn't on disc. I remember I had that multiplayer map pack disc at one point I think yep that's a, that's actually one reason why i'm keeping it here one because i mean it was you know tw it released for 20 bucks at the time and i didn't have xbox live so i thought it was pretty solid but two i'm just like no i like that i can install the maps now at any time i want to yeah and that's something that i think is pretty rare i don't i have not heard of many games that have released map packs on discs mm-hmm well, at the time, I remember it, it made sense because this was this is a completely different time. And it was, I think, 2005 that it released. And there were a lot of people such as myself where I didn't feel need to get on Xbox Live. I didn't get on Xbox Live. I wasn't able to get on Xbox Live. But you released the new maps on a disc with the new update and everything. And I was like, oh, sweet. So I could just get this and I'll have all the new content. And I could play with friends and all that stuff. Yeah, no, that's really cool. I mean, for someone who <coughs> using it, I mean, that's an awesome alternative i mean obviously better than nothing mm -hmm. luckily i did i was privileged enough to have xbox live pretty early on i think it was around the time that halo 2 honestly came out so we got uh xbox live that, and, most people got it for that yeah well worth it amazing game mm -hmm. i honestly want to go back and play it I, side note don't want to get too on too much of a tangent but i played the master chief collection recently and replayed some halo 2 man man it's pretty sweet. Okay, I, I was when you were saying man, I was like, is that is that good or is that bad? It's real good. The okay. uh, the HD graphics on Halo Two, look, oh my gosh, yeah, I mean, geez, have you See, played it? The, the, yeah, well, the the issue that I had was, I mean, not only that it was like broken all that stuff, but just the Xbox One really couldn't handle it with the new graphics at like a solid sixty frames. So I was actually preferring to play it with the original graphics just so I get that full frame rate. Wow, really? I mean, I guess I didn't notice. I was probably just overwhelmed with nostalgia. I mean, it's still an upgrade, <laughs> don't get me wrong, but I was like, eh, I'd rather have it be stable and smooth. I mean, I played it a bit with the old graphics. It was definitely enjoyable, you know, a nice throwback, but every time I switched back, it was like, oh... Okay. Yeah, no, that's that's a funny thing with those games too, because like I, there's been so many games like Jack and Dax, or even like the original like Halo Anniversary when that came out. Like the the dual the the, the dual engine setup was genius, just because you could compare. But I remember like I played Halo One a lot as a kid, and then I got Anniversary the day it launched, and I was playing it. I didn't even know you could switch between the engines. I honestly didn't. And like I played through it, and I was like, eh, this looks okay, you know, like this is about what I remember, so it looks fine. Like looks like an Xbox game. My friend Sean told me, he's like, yo, I kept switching between the engines. I was like, wait, what? Like, you could do that? And he said, yeah, just press the back button and it switches back. So I went home, tried it, and I'm like, oh, this was the reality I was playing in? Like, this looks horrible. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much my exact experience. I was at a friend's place, and he purposely didn't tell me about it for a while. Mm -hmm. So he mentioned that he had it and asked what game I wanted to play, and I said Halo 2 immediately. And we were going through, we attempted to get the Scarab gun. Didn't. We gave up. Uh, that was hard. Yeah, I mean, I've done it in the past a number of times, but it wasn't happening that time. But 
he gave me it took about five ten minutes for him to actually give me to switch graphics and that was yeah a little bit mind-blowing it's, but. it's incredible and mind-blowing but also jarring all at the same time and kind of right. disappointed because they're like oh that looked that ew that's what i played on the oh man that's horrible yeah i don't know after a few minutes i went back and i was like no it feels okay i can <laughs> i can still mm-hmm. play this mm-hmm. but anyways back on track Anyways, you want to uh, you want to grab this uh, this next topic here? Yeah, I am personally pretty excited about this one. Um, it's just one of these things that uh, you know isn't too really into like the modding scene necessarily, but really has a lot of potential. We've talked about Rainway in the past, you know. Um, when we didn't and, know that much about it, <laughs> right? And I mean, I, I still don't think we know a ton about it. But in all reality, it's a Switch app or something to deal with the Switch to be able to play console games on the Switch. Um, I don't know if we know if you'll still be able to play on the go necessarily, but um, the developer here um, kind of showed a good proof of concept. So from the title of the video, you can kind of assume that it has to do with HTML5, which is interesting. So they're using that right. to kind of power this uh, whole streaming technology interesting so i guess what's the main uh for, for anybody who might be uneducated like like me loki what is going to be like the main benefit of having this here well i suppose it's really flexible um html5 is a lot more powerful than its predecessors um i recently saw a video of a 3d game uh being played at 60 frames per second all coded with html5 and probably javascript um HTML5 has opened the door for a lot more than just web pages. The technology is really powerful. And it also makes it really flexible because web is everywhere. I mean, um, all it looks like all you would potentially need at the bare minimum is a web browser on the Switch, which we know there's one built in. It's utilized. But if we can get access to a web browser or just build on top of whatever web uh, engine they're using. I guess it's WebKit, right? So if they can just build on top of WebKit in an app and get it in the Switch store, you know, there's no hacking needed. There's no modding needed. And potentially Nintendo could sign off on this and say, sure. I mean, it would Let's add hope a lot so. of, Yeah, I think it would add a lot of, uh, what's the right word? I mean, just competitive advantage. Way more than it already has. Yes. But, I guess the one big question is, will you be able to take it outside of your home? Will you need to be on Wi-Fi? Probably. Definitely, you'll definitely need to be on <laughs> Wi-Fi. If, uh, if you're going to be off your network, uh, that'd be doubtful. I'm not impossible, but that would be doubtful, honestly. I believe you would probably have to have a pretty fast and stable connection, too. Absolutely. Um, you wouldn't be using your phone hotspot to play mm-hmm. some game on ultra settings, you know? Mm-hmm. but um, it's still really cool I think that you know the if we can get it and we can get it in the store and a lot of people would um, you know get their eyes on it I think that'd be really good for the Switch what do you think the possibility is of this actually like, getting into onto the store you know I thought about it a lot and initially I thought uh, you know a little less likely but I think the fact that it's HTML5 based actually gives it quite a bit more leverage for Nintendo to approve it. Um, they're not breaking any rules here at all. I mean, 
HTML5 and web browsers, aside from exploits, <laughs> like we've seen in the past, <laughs> are pretty sandboxed, you know what I mean? Um, mm -hmm. And I really don't think Rainway is hiding an exploit in this, but if they did, that would that'd be pretty cool. But I don't yeah. think they're doing that. I think yep. they're just doing something cool that they can do with web technology that doesn't harm anything. I'm hoping so. I mean, anything yeah. that can progress the Switch would be nice. I mean, just as an ecosystem, not only for modding as well, too, which, by the way, kind of a side topic here, but um, how are you feeling about the whole, like, the app that was, well, it's going to be released Friday, but, like, I guess we got a preview of the app and we're seeing how the Switch is going to handle, like, online chat and stuff. Uh, <laughs> I was almost hoping this wouldn't get brought up. Um, My fault. Very... Very, oh, very mixed feelings, to be honest. Um, you saw my reaction when it leaked or whatever. Like, I was over and... Yeah, no, you came over, you're like, wait, did it leak, did it leak, did it leak? You were getting really excited about it. Yeah, and I downloaded it instantly and I couldn't get on the servers. I logged in and I had some error. Um, and I say leak, it was actually just in the store earlier than expected by several days. Mm-hmm. Now, yesterday or this morning, I can't remember, I got logged in. And it was one of those things where immediately, you know, there, there are some times where you're using a web app and you don't know it's a web app. You're, it's very impressive. They're like, this is a web app. You don't know it's a web app. It's actually made with HTML. You're like, wow, that's really impressive. Then there are ones where you look at it and you just kind of feel like, ooh, this, this is a web app. And not that it means everything, but uh, I don't know. It didn't feel that great. It didn't feel that sophisticated and solid of an app. And then you look in the instructions to be able to chat with friends in a lobby on Splatoon, and it just gets a little worse. I, I think the rundown I'd seen of it was, uh, for this example, I'll be using my Wii U gamepad because this is what I have next to me. I, my Switch is in my backpack right now, but... Um, for anybody who's kind of uneducated on it or who you don't know about it, so you would think that logically you can, you know, take your Switch and plug in a headset or something into, I'm here, my dog one. That's my horrible roommate. Anyways, <laughs> um, no, you would think that you just logically take some earbuds, kind of like, oh, no, not like this one, horrible idea. Uh, but some earbuds are some that have like a microphone on them. You plug it into the Switch and you can communicate. It's not like that. You have your Switch. And then you have to take your phone and you download an app onto the phone. So then you think, okay, well, if this is how I'm going to communicate, then I take my earbuds and I plug them into the phone, I communicate. That's not right either. You have to take your switch and you hook it up to a little like squid-shaped dongle, specifically the one that's coming out for Splatoon. And then you hook up the other end from that dongle over to your phone and you have to use the switch to play the game and the phone in conjunction. From what I understand, you then have to, um, like if you see an invite or something, if you get invited onto a game on Splatoon, you have to accept it on your phone, hop in there, you have to set up things on there. Uh, to communicate as well, the app has to be focused. So you have to have that app open and you have to have the screen open in order to communicate with, like the screen on in order to communicate with people. That's mostly accurate. I mean, all of that is true. Now, it is very convoluted, and I'm not giving them any real credit for that. Um, the smartphone concept is kind of interesting to me at first, and I thought it had some potential, but it's looking a little bit dicey. I don't know. Um, but you do not have to have the dongle. Wait, you don't anymore? No. no so you what's never the did. point of the dongle, then? 
Don't, here's the thing. The dongle is only if you want to have your headsets have both game audio and chat audio. Okay. Now, see, Tristan's it's saying going, that's not intuitive at all, and, like, to someone, like... It, it, well, I agree with that, but I was even going to say the fact that I didn't know that is pretty bad. Right. So, if you want to have... So, in the, the most ideal form, you'll have your phone next to you. You might even have Bluetooth headphones like I have under my collar here uh, connected to the app. You'll have, like, maybe one earbud in, and then you'll be playing with your Switch and listening to the audio. Now, if you don't want people to hear that, you'll have to get the dongle, or you'll have to have two pairs of headphones, <laughs> one with one in your, you know. Uh, but what's I, what's the most frustrating to me, you know, I don't know if it has to deal with RAM and just multiple processes, not being able to run reliably, but to me, the most frustrating thing is that the Switch uses Bluetooth to connect to the controllers. Why can I, why can I not connect a Bluetooth headset to the Switch? Why can't I even do that just for game audio? You know, it's it's really confusing their whole deal with this. And then you you mentioned at the end of your explanation, you do have to leave your screen on the entire time. That's yeah, gotta get fixed. That's gotta if, get fixed soon. If one thing is like one thing that's been persistently horrible with smartphones has been screen on time. Like the fastest way to drain your smartphone is to leave the screen on. Well, and the fastest way to uh, damage your screen is to just leave it on a stagnant. <laughs> I mean, uh, AMOLED screens are particularly bad for this. Samsung's, uh, a lot of the Nexus and Pixel phones have AMOLED screens, and they're worse with screen burning. And the iPhone, the next one, uh, is rumored to have an AMOLED screen. We can't have Nintendo ruining all these phones. <laughs> I mean, in all reality, if you were playing for like three hours with friends, which is not that uncommon for an online gameplay session, you know what I mean? Hanging out for a few hours. Expect people to leave their screen on the whole time and not use Discord or something. We're, we're going to have to go back to like plasma screens where they had like that whitewash feature. Oh, Although man. I'm kind of joking because I know that's not going to work, but like I'm just imagining a bunch of people have, you know, like the Switch logo or a squid burned into their screen permanently. That's what I'm saying. Or have like some weird little, I mean, I guess a Splatoon squid screensaver bouncing around wouldn't be too bad. <laughs> yeah. But... Now, here's here's the thing. Uh, these are all fixable issues uh, for it's the most true. part. Like these are fixable. Like the screen all thing, it's easy to, you know, change the code so that, yes, if you go to another app, you can background it or you can turn off your screen. Like that's fixable. But it just, it kills me that this is the initial release. And I don't know if Nintendo doesn't know how to do online or if they just want to make it really non-intuitive. Because I'll tell you, if it's the latter, it's worked for me. Like, I see all this stuff and I'm like, nope, I am perfectly content not playing my Switch online. Yeah, I, I mean, like I said, or at least using Discord to communicate with your friends. You know, yeah, I don't which, have... Which that's that's what I've used. Like, e even so, when I'm, when I'm complaining about this, I'm complaining for the sake of other people. Because when it, it doesn't matter what it is, PS4, Xbox One, Switch, Wii U, um, even when I do play online on any system, friends and I, we've been using Discord and previously Skype for years because those services were better. And we had them available, whether we're at our computer, like I got my game systems next to my computer, or... Everyone has a smartphone in their pocket at this point, and these are apps that are available. Yep, yep. Um, I don't play with people regularly online like that, so I haven't, you know, been using these apps to communicate for like playing games. 
But if I were to use anything, it would it would be Discord for sure. Mm-hmm. Discord, get it. Also, down below in the description, I got a Discord. Check it out if you want to. Yeah, I've joined it. I haven't really been on it too much. Been too busy, man. Life, too busy. It's all good. Life hit me too like a truck, so I end up like messaging people on Discord like a week ago. I was like, hey, so life stuff happened, so either I'll be on more or I'll be on less. I don't really know what yet, but uh, yeah. So you'll see me poke around on there. Yeah, absolutely. And I'll be stopping in now, especially since I'll be here on a regular basis. Definitely want to get to know you, some of you guys. Awesome. Well, they're, they're a good group of people. Most of the time, they're not scary, but you know. It's All right, stuff. man. So uh, shall we get into the next topic? There's a little bit more uh, Nintendo news. Not exactly Switch, though. I think we've burned that one up a bit. The Wii U got updated. It's been, Devin, how long has it been since 5.5.1 released? I don't know, but I'm pretty sure it's been well over a year. It's been well over a year. You are correct on that. <laughs> like a year and a half or something. Yeah. I, it's ridiculous. Uh, I didn't think this was... I thought it was dead in the water, to be honest. I'm not, I'm not too surprised because of just how easy it's gotten to mod it, but dang, man. <laughs> let's just put it like this for about let's even round down for the for the past year it has been entirely possible to go to a store pick up a wii u put it on the latest update and start downloading and playing games so we're just sitting here like is this is this, is this really end of life or not and coincidentally enough um this does signal end of life with the switch because from what i know one of the things that either has been de- not switch excuse me on the wii u um one things that has been deprecated or got a warning of deprecation is meverse it did get deprecated oh it is it's gone yeah i'm, I'm pretty okay. positive that's what i read i had i didn't hear anything about potential what i read was it's deprecated and that's because uh i believe some of the exploits that were used leveraged meverse actually uh did it use meverse or did it use the me maker uh, maybe it was Meme Maker. I'm not sure now. Okay, because when you exit out of that stuff, it goes to Meme Maker. Okay, maybe that's yeah. why. Um, yep. Okay, that makes sense. Anyways, for this, we actually have a statement that was written here uh, by our very own Tavin. So if you want to check him out, I'll have, at one point, I don't have it right now, but at least after this is uh, processed and all that, I'll have a uh, one of his links in the, the description here on YouTube. If you want to thank him, follow him, all that stuff, it'll be on Twitter. Uh, but he says, and I quote, now there's, there's, there's a few mistakes here, so I'll kind of be changing things a bit. But he said, so as everyone should know by now, Nintendo was sneaky and released a new system update. Shocking, I know. From what I thought at first was the AOC got updated add-on content until Ryan Rocks 462 and I, I as in Tavin, decided to test the updates to get a further better understanding of the new system update. We have private ways of testing this. Come to find out the WebKit exploit that was used to access Homebrew Launcher has been patched. Kernel and iOS seem okay as of typing this as I am able to access Homebrew Launcher on 5.5.2 just fine. Reports came in to people using CBHC, aka cold brick, uh, cold boot brick hacks. And yes, I said brick hacks because those people who used it didn't turn on DNS and or blocked the web URLs in their router and left automatic updates on found their Wii U bricked and unrecoverable. If you are one of these people, all I will say is get a working hard mod and try your best to restore your NAND. Now, what has been patched and what won't and won't work publicly are as follows. 
anything that is used via the web browser things like homebrew launcher won't work as stated above expect a statement from yellow shiny smia and pluto or anyone else i forgot to mention within a week or two weeks regarding a new webkit exploit that can be used to access homebrew launcher once again until now please don't use um cold boot cold boot hacks here it's abbreviated cbhc uninstall it right now just in case and block the update server servers until noted otherwise if you do not have the dns servers here they are primary dns i guess i'll say these here 168.235.092.108. You can also find these on wiiu.guide. And the second DNS is 081.004.127.020. If you want to be extra safe with those on as well, block these in your router. And he gave a lot of links that you can block on there. Tavin, actually, if you want to put those on your Twitter, that would be much appreciated. If you don't know with these blocked, you will not be able to play online as of right now, and mainly because you're not on the latest firmware. So right now, as a normal homebrew user, please wait until the right people update the exploits for 5.5.2, or you can spoof your firmware to 5.5.2. And if you have any questions, be sure to tweet at me and I'll do my best to help you out. I will not be helping with bricks in any way or anything else. Yeah, first of all, that was an insanely good write-up, Tavin. So much appreciated on that, especially the the router URLs. That real good, man. Um, I know that was really informative, and I especially like the cold brute brick hacks <laughs> comment in there. I didn't feel like you gave it enough uh, justification there. That was pretty funny. But, um, yeah, no, this is really alarming, actually. I just modded my brother's Wii U recently, and um, we were setting it up, and I actually had a talk with my little brother. I was like, so cold brute hacks, a little bit more risky. Something happens, but, you know, I think we're good. And we were messing with it. And I was like, you know what? Let's just go ahead and do it. And he was kind of like, man, you know, we don't have to have it. It's fine, man. Like, I can just boot up, you know, and select the game. And I was like, that's fine. And then three days later, <laughs> this this happens. So I had to call him and get it all installed, made sure that we were safe on a, our DNS and everything like that. But, you know, this is really surprising. Mm -hmm. I have a, I have a little bit of experience with this as well too. So I, well, Devin, I told you this story already, but I'll, I'll share it with the chat here. The, um, it was, uh, I'll just put it like this. This was not, it, I haven't had the best, the best like week and a half or so. And it's just one of those things that just got piled on top of it. And I think I would have been a little more mad about this, but when this just happened, I was like, well, that kind of sucks. Just damn. That was the first thing I could really think of. But, uh, what happened was I was actually, the night this went out, the night this update went out, I was working on a Wii U. Um, I'd end up picking up a Wii U for one of my friends, and he was wanting me to modify it and all that stuff. So I ended up modding it. I was doing all the other stuff that I needed to. And when I was done, I was like, damn, the process on this is so easy. I got like my old Wii U that has, you know, Haxchi, but doesn't have Cold Boot on there. And it has Red Nand. Red Nand was iffy and all that too. You know what? I'm just going to unmod my old, my, my Wii U here, and I'm going to remod it. Uh, thankfully, by the way, going into this, I have two consoles. Uh, one of them was just completely stocked. The other one was modded. Uh, but what ended up happening was I decided to take out, well, I looked up the guide on how to uninstall custom firmware. So I did that. Mainly the main thing you need to do is uninstall whatever DS game that you've hacked up. Uh, so I uninstalled that, uninstalled any homebrew apps, took out my SD card, completely cleaned it. Red Nand was gone off there, all that stuff, started setting it up. But then once I turned on the Wii U, I went over to system settings to go in and change my DNS stuff. And what ended up happening was I was prompted for an update. 
normally not supposed to update. But what I did was I looked up online before I did anything. I looked up like Wii U system update. Took me to Nintendo's official page and it said right there, 5.5.1 U. I was like, okay, uh, a little bit strange, but this has happened before. A uh, quick side story here. One time, like years ago, when I got a Wii, it was on 4.3U. It prompted me for an update. My friend hit update. It finished. It was still on 4.3U because that was the latest at the time. Kind of a weird thing to happen there, but nevertheless, I was thinking this might have just been a repeat of what was going to happen. So I hit update. It didn't seem like there was any update or anything else that came out. So it finished. It rebooted. Decided to go into system settings 5.5.2. Now, granted, after my Wii U had reset, like while it was updating, I walked around, like I took my dog out, did a few things, came back. So that probably took me 10 or 15 minutes. I'm just like, wait a minute, what, what, what the hell is going on here? So I decided to go to the Wii U hack subreddit. 18 minutes ago, new update came out. Do not update your Wii U. Yeah. <laughs> I can guarantee I probably got that update within five minutes of it going live. Yeah, I mean, that is one of the most unfortunate things I've ever heard of. And, and I don't know I, about you. Oh, go on. No, I was going to say, actually, and it, uh, to backtrack a little bit, I wasn't going into system settings first. I was doing that because I wanted to do cold boot, uh, like cold boot hacks and stuff. So the thing to do that is I had a DS game purchase. I purchased Brain Age. I was going to go into the eShop to download that game. I couldn't go into the eShop because it was requiring an update. So I, I was thinking in my head, I was thinking maybe it was like some necessary system files it needed, but no, no. Yeah, update. I know. That's really rough. And the timing, I, I, I got really lucky too because I actually... I warned you. <laughs> well, no, but before... Before that, I mean, when I had modded my uh, brother's Wii U, which was before this, um, he got in still when it was 5.5.1, obviously, because I don't think we have any entry points at this very moment uh, into 5.5.2. But when I got done, I thought the same thing you did. I literally wanted to go home that night and work on it. I wanted to work on it the next day. I was just too busy, and it just, you know, it was already there. I wasn't really using it, so it's like, okay... I know what I need to do. Same kind of situation as you. I had Red Nand, I had Haxchi, um, and I just needed to uninstall it. And I probably, depending on the timing, could have gotten stuck in the same exact situation you did. Mm -hmm. I, I do have I do have some interesting things to note on that though. Um, so from what Tavin said, what other people have verified, um, iOSU has been unpatched. Uh, the kernel entry point has been unpatched. So people that have people have like such as him have private methods of accessing homebrew launcher on 5.5.2 the browser entry point that we were using like i'd go to loading.ovh and load the homebrew launcher through there that has been patched on 5.5.2 the interesting thing though is i also post about this on wii u hacks uh was i had a hard drive with a few games installed on it through you know that title method i guess i'll, I'll call the brazilian method here um, where you install them as titles. You don't run them through loading or anything else. Uh, but what ended up happening was I plugged it in, turned on the Wii U, and even on 5.5.2, those games that have been installed will actually still work. So theoretically, I mean, if you it, right now, if you're on 5.5.1, I don't recommend this, but you can install a game on there, and then if you update, that game will still work. The only reason why something wouldn't work is if it requires custom firmware. So if it's a virtual console game or if it has DLC or something else, um, then 
you will need that custom firmware so it's not going to fully work but if it's just like a base system title game um i'm not sure about the updates but if it's a if it's a base system title game that you installed it will still work that is pretty interesting and honestly really surprising <laughs> but um that's what shocked convenient. me too i was like wait they didn't they didn't patch this okay okay <laughs> yeah i mean it's convenient for the people who do get stuck in that situation but i think this i think this very well could be the Wii U's last update. I think this is the last leg. I think they said we don't want to have all these Wii U's on the shelf and in the wild that are just openly hackable, so we're going to do one last hurrah. Um, mm -hmm. Close the main entry point and just take our chances with that. Yeah. Now, I do want to comment on something that Tavin said in the chat because I have thought the exact same thing. He said the fact that Nintendo didn't update their page right away really spooks him. I'm kind of with him, you know, I don't want to fry too much conspiracy bacon here, but uh, <laughs> it, I mean, come on. You were a case example of this kind of thing. And Nintendo doesn't do slow rollouts or anything like that. They're just shooting it out to everyone. Why would they not update their webpage? So um, kind of sketchy. Who knows? Maybe it was just a timing thing. Maybe you just got hit with it too soon. I don't know, but definitely a little bit suspicious. They got me with that because it was always reliable for the 3DS. Like whenever there was a new 3DS update that came out, it was updated like that. Yeah, I didn't keep too much attention to it. So, you know, trust you on that one. But it definitely really unfortunate. Yep. I'm not too worried about it, though. As I said, I had my so my Wii U that was, you know, completely stock. I just fully modded that. And that's why I've been doing that with my collection. I've just been taking my collection installing everything onto the hard drive um so my other wii u it's on 515.2 so if i need to do an experiment on it i can uh but yeah no it's 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 interesting so far um as i said but you were saying like they they put that patch out to you know just kind of stop it that's i i kind of doubt that i mean yeah they are stopping it but that was such a half-assed effort because all they did was block the entry point the kernel is still un like Everything else, you know, kernel is still unpatched. IOSU is still unpatched. That way you can still play those games if you have them installed. That is a very lazy patch. The main thing I was saying, I mean, aside from the entry point, but that was, you know, low-level stuff, the main point really to this that I saw, you know, front-facing was to deprecate Miiverse. Yeah, uh, definitely. Now, I do want to comment on uh, someone else here. I don't, I'm going to try and say his name, Leg Off, Leg Off. L-E-G-O-F, but he says, thankfully, thankfully Hexchi <laughs> users are still safe on 5.5.2, theoretically. And um, I'm not sure if that's true. Do you know? Obviously not cold boot Hexchi users, because that leads to bricks. But do you know if Hexchi users can still load their games? I guess with Hexchi, because if you're doing that, you're loading up. What do you load, use that? It's been a while I since guess. I used it. So I guess, well, thinking about it's, it, no, because when I had to do that, like I would hit Haxchi and then that would load up Mocha, right? Uh, Yeah, perhaps either that or the homebrew launcher. Well, I mean, when you had it set up there, like the key was to, from what I remember at least, because it's been a while since I set it up, but the key was to get your DS game, modify it with Haxchi. So that way to boot into custom firmware, you just end up hitting that right there. Right. For the most part, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, uh, are you saying that you think that should work or should not? Because I'm not sure, honestly. I haven't seen anybody confirm it or not. I, I wouldn't know. Well, people are saying HaxG works with custom firmware working. I'm not 100% sure on that. I haven't verified it myself. We just know that the browser entry points are not working. Okay. Yeah. yeah. 
Well, we'll see. I'm sure it won't be too long. It doesn't sound like it's going to be too long. No, I don't. I don't think so. That's why I think probably within a month we'll definitely have something because I'm sure there are like they bat like they've been just storing a few exploits available. Um, not really to the extent of the 3ds, but for example, you know, like we've we talked offline about like last hacks that's been teased a few times. Yeah, definitely. I mean, people who are smart should definitely, you know, if they have an exploit or two or three, save them. Yep. Yep. Uh, for and for anybody that doesn't know what last hacks is, it's not anything specific. It's actually as vague as possible. It's just some of the main people in the 3ds modding scene. They've just said, hey. We have a few exploits stashed away for entry points that are similar to sound hacks where they're easy to use completely, like rip open the system and all that stuff. Like they'll work on, you know, pretty much any firmware, any 3DS console. We're saving them for end of life on 3DS. So they're pretty much saying they're just like, hey, you know what? If let's say like right now the latest firmware isn't exploitable. Don't worry, we got it. Whenever the 3DS is completely dead, we'll make sure that you can modify any, any system. Yeah, I believe there was a quote. Um, let me see if I can find it. So, Mr. NBA Yo, uh, I'm not sure if that's exactly how he prefers to pronounce it, but I've seen him in the scene a bit. He's come out with a couple uh, game exploits and seems to be pretty knowledgeable. And he said on Twitter, the app exploited by Last Hacks is not directly available on the eShop, but you can still get it for free. So, again, very vague. But um, it's nice to know that it isn't available directly on the eShop. So if that goes out, of, you know, goes down and um, isn't available anymore, then hopefully we can still get this. It's probably something that's been related to like the actual, like some of the system titles itself, kind of like Sound Hacks, for example, was. And actually, funny enough, before it was coined Last Hacks, uh, somebody, I, I was it Ned? I think he called it Sound Hacks it 2. It was, I remember he called it Sound Hacks 2, and then everybody freaked out. They're just like, no, 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 you just gave it away. Now Nintendo's going to know what to patch. He came out, he's like, guys, La Sound Hacks 2 is a placeholder name. It doesn't yeah. mean it's related to the sound. Like, I just used it as a placeholder name. I mean, you know, who knows? It could be, it could not. It could be a metaphor for the fact that, like this guy said, it's not some a title that you have to get from the eShop. You know, it's sound hacks was built into the 3DS and can be used by anyone. Um, so whether it's a metaphor, whether it's really sound hacks too, I don't think I really care too much. And I think they're doing a good job of keeping things under wrap and waiting for the right time. And a lot of these people seem to be on the same page too, which mm -hmm. is really good. So the community seems tight. The community seems like they're doing the right thing. For sure. Anyways, you want to uh, move on to the next topic here? Sure. Would you like me to take this one? Absolutely, because you're the one who introduced it to me. So, Guess so. So it looks like a homebrew application for the Wii U is in the works called Swap DRC, which is pretty awesome. The Wii U is still getting a decent amount of attention. I think it's got a lot of life in it, and you know, there's a lot of cool stuff to come. This in particular lets you play Wii U titles, that are, you know, it's, I think it's best for ones that dominate the TV, like Splatoon, where the gamepad isn't a direct replica similar to Mario Kart. You can take what's on the TV and actually play it on your gamepad. Um, so technically, if someone wanted to use a TV and you have the original Splatoon, you could play it on your couch. And you just fully play it on the gamepad then. Right. Anywhere. Has there been, a, has there been any uh, announcement? On, I, I mean, of course, announcement. Has there been a release date or anything on this? 
not that I've heard of. Um, we can check. We just know that it exists. Right. I mean, we were looking at it yesterday and didn't have too much information, but um, it says it's compatible with every game. So, you know, this is not limited to ones that have to have a TV main mode. Um, so potentially people are going to get creative with it. I'm not really sure what the possibilities are there, but, um, you know, I really like the idea of playing Splatoon on the, the Wii, Wii U gamepad. And if it wasn't coming out so soon on the Switch, I'd probably be doing it. When's Splatoon 2 come out? Friday. Oh, damn. Okay. Yep. Yep. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm going to be playing it. Yeah, good. Good thing, I guess. Like all the Switch people who, like people who are like heavily invested in the Switch, who listen to this podcast, which I don't know how many it is. Like we're doing this beforehand because if we did it like right after, people would be like, "Nah, I'm, I'm busy with Splatoon." Yeah, I know. I'm having trouble uh, deciding. My coworker is like, "So you're not going to stay up all night and get Splatoon?" Because I'm actually not going to work that day. So uh, yeah, now I'm debating <laughs> whether I stay up late or do I go to bed early. <laughs> but uh, I'm really excited. I'm going to be picking it up right away. Sweet. Yeah, not I, headset, I know just not the, not the headset. Not the headset. <laughs> not the headset. Keep that shit out of here. Yeah. Can we get a picture of that actually? Now that we're on this topic? I mean that the I, feel like worth, I feel like it's worth sharing really quickly because we've talked about it and I don't think anyone can fathom. Oh oh my god. Hold on. Are, are, are you talking about the one that I've seen like the one that was posted on Kotaku? Let me see. I'll go ahead and like I'll share my screen. Story? What? I believe it's made by Hori, H O R I. Well, I mean, I'll just share the one that like I was seeing on Kotaku right here when I just looked up like Splatoon two headset. But are it's you are you by chance talking about like this abomination here? Yeah, that looks like it in action. It looks like they. <laughs> uh, it looks like they set up a neat little thing with the. Uh, the uh yeah no, so, where they're so they have the, the phone as well they have the comfort <laughs> grip and their phone is plugged in right there but then their phone is plugged into the switch heads uh, actually i could just explode it like that it's plugged into the switch headset right there like the splatoon 2 like arrow looking thing and then that's also plugged into the switch and then they have like their actual communicator right there and it's <laughs> why, do, mean, why uh, does it why does it have to why does it have to be like this man uh i don't know like i said it's I really hope it comes down to a technical reason where they just can't have that many processes going in at 2017? once. It's a tablet. And it's, I mean, Devin, think about... In, in 2017. Okay. This, I really actually am very unhappy with this, so I'm just playing devil's advocate. By the way, if you but, also look at the top left, that, that wood finish on that PS4 Pro just, oh, it looks gorgeous. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It does I, just, I just noticed that. Anyways. I just noticed it. Okay, so... I don't know if we've talked about this, but the Nintendo Switch essentially has the internals of an NVIDIA Shield tablet. No Android tablet is going to do something like Breath of the Wild. And then you're talking about tacking on more communications on top of that and more processes that have to run simultaneously. I mean... Not every I game can, is going to push it, but I, so, that's my only counter-argument. So look, I can, I can look at it two ways. Um... On a technical level, I can understand that, but also kind of on the flip side, and it might sound a little bit ignorant, but like as a consumer, these are things that I expect, and that's not really my damn problem. It's more the problem of Nintendo and the people who have, you know, created the system and all that if they can't get that running on there. I mean, it's totally fair, and I'm very disappointed with this because I've had a back and forth. I mean, I saw 
the Switch didn't come out with a lot of online features, and I was a little bit bummed. Then mm-hmm. I heard that they had an app, and I was like being a little hopeful. And then I saw the headset, and I got sad. And then mm-hmm. I saw that the app released and got happy. Use the app, sad man. <laughs> <laughs> but- yeah. You know, so I'm actually I've I've gotten back into reading recently here, which has been great. But uh, I'm reading one co- book called Console Wars, which is about you know the original Nintendo versus Sega type stuff. And Nintendo's always been a little bit scummy with this stuff. A, a few things I've learned. One of them is Nintendo's always created these false scarcities. Like when the Super Nintendo came out, there were 1.5 million pre-orders that uh, got shipped to Japan. Uh, they shipped 300,000 units just to create false uh a false sense of i guess supply lack of supply yeah. one of nintendo's rules even with the original nintendo console was to never ship the full like to, to never honor the full shipment to something so even with stores they ordered 100 copies of a game they'd get like 70 that's interesting I yeah. guess. Granted, this is uh, this is like you know back in the '80s, of course. So there was it was different with all that. But um, even so, uh, another thing I was thinking of when we were talking about the technical things here, the Super Nintendo—they were actually making like looking at making that backwards compatible. And you know, if they, because I think they were aiming at a two hundred fifty dollar price point or so, it was something like that. That's what I had read in there that uh, that's what the system was going to be. Uh, but if they, in short, for another $75, they could have added original Nintendo backwards compatibility support into it. Interesting. I mean, yeah. I don't know. Nintendo has does, in general, has a history of questionable things, and whether it's an intentional motive or not, I mean, look at the Amiibo shortages when those came out, and I don't know if they still have problems. I don't keep up with them in particular, but, you know, NES Classic is also no different. <laughs> But there's one right next to you. There's not one in my apartment. I know, I know, I know. I'm sorry. And I'm not paying for it. Oh, to to this date, I was only able... Like, that that one that's there, that's the only one that I have ever purchased or that I could get a hold of at MSRP. Other side. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yep. But but yeah, no, that's why, like, the the thing that really annoyed me when I was reading this was I was like, it's interesting, but I'm like, damn it, I don't think Nintendo is doing the same level of shit. Like, it's it's not to that degree, but this is pretty reminiscent of stuff they've done in recent history. Yeah. I don't know. It's young. The Nintendo Switch is, feels like a breath of fresh air, and I'm, I'm still giving Nintendo a little bit of the benefit of the doubt. At least make it so I can lock my phone when I talk to people. I mean, come on, Nintendo. You can do this. We can do this. We can do this together. Jeez, I'm trying, man. I'm really trying. It's a good thing the Switch is as good as it is with what it has right now. Because it'd be tough. True that. True that. I am enjoying the Switch, even though there's there's not too many software offerings on there. I'm enjoying what I have on it so far. Yeah, I've been bouncing back. I, I haven't beaten uh, Breath of the Wild, and I actually restarted my game recently just to do a few things differently. And I don't know, I'm weird, I guess. You, you, you were hurt. I remember you were really like distraught over the fact that you used up your Epona. Yeah, I used. I got Epona way too early. I read about it, and I thought you could just like spawn it whenever. And I was like up in the mountains, and I couldn't ride around anywhere, and I was pissed because I'd never <laughs> ridden a horse before. So it was pretty early in the game. I don't know. And I lost it and never got it back. I used it. 
Amiibo for about two weeks straight because I heard it's like one of those old video game rumors. Like every once in a while, like if you do it enough times, she'll come back through the Amiibo. She she didn't come back. Sad but. man. I and I beat the game without using Epona actually, even though I have the Amiibo, but I never used. It. I just forgot. Yeah, I mean that was just one of many reasons, but um. Like, I've gotten way more Korok seeds now just right out the gate. And I actually wanted to start labeling them. And it turns out, I don't know, I guess the game does it automatically now. Interesting. I, so, um, but I'm enjoying it. But between switching between Breath of the Wild, Mario Kart, and ARMS, I am already, like, I really like that lineup. And I'm, and there's a lot of indie games, a lot of smaller games, even, like, kind of, like, that middle, that middle tier where they're not, you know, small, small mobile games, but you know, uh, not big major productions. I feel like there's plenty for the uh, people on the Switch to actually play right now. For sure. And Splatoon comes out in two days. It's true. Two days from right now, which is the 19th when we're originally recording and airing this. <laughs> I will say I could probably use one more major single-player heavy uh, title. But we have, you know, a couple coming down the pipeline. Super yeah. Mario Odyssey being one, and Xenoblade, so... Yeah, and uh, they're spacing them out well enough, so I think that's okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. me too. I, I think it's going to be fine. I would say with all that, right now there's some amiibo hate in the uh, in the chat right now, and I'll say I actually, oh. I think this is, I, I think it's helpful. This is like the last round, but I actually did, pre I pre-ordered several amiibos, which I never do, but the reason being is that I said a while ago, I was like, nope, whenever they make a Bayonetta amiibo, I'll get it. And the same thing with Cloud. Whenever they make a Cloud amiibo, I'll get it because I really like those characters. And honestly, for $13 a piece or less, if you get the discount, you know, through like Best Buy or some, but for, you know, $13 tops, they're just really great looking figures. So I end up getting Cloud and Bayonetta on pre-order. Yeah, I will say that I don't have the, you know, I don't like the amiibo situation as far as the supply went. Um, mm -hmm. I thought that was kind of ridiculous. It took them way too long to kind of get things going. But, uh, and I never really pre-ordered any. I'm not into them like that. But I have a few. I've got a couple Pokemon. You know, I've got a Mario and Luigi. I would like a Cloud and a few others. Um, I, I mean, I like them. They're actually fairly, like, well-detailed. And for what they are, I don't mind them. I mean, I'll put it like this. Like, I'm I'm not a big figurehead by any means. I think they're they're also small enough where they're they're awesome. And I really, for the most part, I've gotten a few amiibos with like in game bundles. But for the most part, I've really only bought amiibos of characters that I like. Um, mm -hmm. Like the Yoshi, the Yarn Yoshi ami amiibo is absolutely adorable. Yeah, I really like, want I, to get that one. No, I've shown that to some of my friends or girls, and they've just melted at that. And I'm like, oh, it's an actual <laughs> thing you can use too. But no, even so, like one of my brothers, he really he was getting into Final Fantasy VII. He really wanted a cloud figurine. We looked into it. A good cloud figurine is 50, 60 bucks. I was like, you know what? Why don't you just wait until the Amiibo? You have a Wii U, you have a 3DS, and it will be $13. And when you're done playing around with it, it will sit there on your shelf and look really cool. Yeah, I actually use mine as decoration, uh, to yeah. be honest. Uh, and like you, I've only got the ones that I've actually, you know, are the characters I'm a fan of. I do not feel like collecting them all. Oh, I have no, seen no, no. people's major no. collections, and it just gets, it gets kind of ridiculous. And I don't frame mine. I don't have, like, a shelf, you know, with dedicated, like, sections for all my Amiibo. Just nice little pieces to sit around and, uh, you know, have some good nerd territory going. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think the only, prior to this, the only Amiibo I've really gunned after was... Um... Ryu or Ryu, because he he put it mm. got put into um, Smash, right? Yep. And, yeah, that's what I want to. Know. 
Yeah, and the the only reason, like, and when I say gunned after, what I did was I I pre-ordered. Like, he was the first uh, prior to this. He was the only amiibo I pre-ordered because I was like, yeah, I definitely want Ryu. Yeah, um, that's definitely a good one. I've tried to wait. I kind of got annoyed by the scarcity of the amiibo. I wanted a few when it came out, so I've been you know kind of with the mindset like I'm just gonna wait till you know. I don't know. When I really want them, I'm good right now. The pre-order, pre-orders come out, and I see ones that I want, and I'm like, you know, they'll be around. Mm-hmm. I say that, and where's the NES Classic? So maybe I should get on that sooner than later. <laughs> they, they're saying, um, with the Super Nintendo Classic, they're saying that um, they're going to be you know, working on making sure it's not super scarce to find, and I'm just like, I, I don't believe you. That's just kind yeah. of how I feel about it. I was like, you know what? If if I find one for seventy bucks, because that's what's what it's aiming for. If I find one for seventy bucks, I'll buy it. But until then, like, I'm not believing Nintendo. It's really sad because I love them. They're my favorite video game company. I've had almost every single Nintendo console, and uh, the trust has got to be earned. Yep. <laughs> it's sad, but it's true. Anyways, I have an idea. We have, um, I feel like we have one last topic here that's pretty good. Um, you want to hit that and then afterwards do uh, some user interaction question answer stuff? Uh, yeah, sure. I mean, yeah. I guess this whole Luma 3DS stuff is what you're talking about? Yeah, so we can go ahead and cover that. And then to anybody who's in live chat right now, if you have any questions for Devin or I, uh, go ahead and start asking them here in the chat. Uh, And for anybody who is listening or watching this after the fact that it's been aired live, uh, this is something we do after we go through our topics and stuff. We'd like to take 30, 45 minutes to, you know, answer questions that the audience has here. So if you'd like to ask anything, um, try and drop by one of our streams and ask a few questions. Yeah, absolutely, man. Well said. So I'll go ahead and let you grab this one right here, since you know, uh, uh, since you know more about this. You had to educate me a little bit more on it, more the uh, the positives and negatives. And I actually, uh, even on purpose, full disclosure, I was like, you know what? Don't tell me all too much about it, so I could be like more in awe about it tomorrow. Yeah, no, it's really exciting when we talk about this stuff because now we have to kind of check ourselves to make sure that we have good, fresh content. Yes, good, yes, quality content, quality ass content. But um, yeah, so Luma 3DS is the, you know, predominant custom firmware on the 3DS. Um, You know, I think even the other one, I forget how to pronounce it. It started with a C. Um, Not Cakes. Uh, Oh yeah, Cakes. Man, so many have come and gone. I kind of forgot. I know. Corbinic or something like that? It was like Corbinic or Yeah, I'm not, I can't remember. I don't know a single person that was using that. I don't. It looked really interesting. I was really hopeful for the development of it, but um, you know, it's not nice to see other parties because they were doing things quite a bit different. But I know that the uh, the developer of that at least um, stopped on that, uh, stopped developing it, uh, continued on with other things. So best wishes with them. But Luma 3DS is still around, still kicking, and still getting some good development. Um, some stuff that I actually am kind of surprised about. I really wondered if the 3DS was going to get a whole lot more stuff and with custom firmware i mean it seemed not tapped out that kind of has a negative connotation with it but felt like what more could we get mm-hmm. but looks like we have first of all 3dsx loading native through luma 3ds now now i haven't tried this yet i know you've recently updated your 3ds but have you tried it 
No, I have not personally. And I'll, I'll say now, by the way, if you are installing, because I've, I've done several 3DSs recently start to finish, like modding them with boot nine strap and such, the whole process takes like 15 to 20 minutes, excluding a NAND dump. It's, it's incredible now how easy and how fast and streamlined it is. Yeah, no doubt. It, it's pretty nice. And um, 3DS X files in general, I know that there's been some controversy between using 3DS, 3DS X files versus uh, installing them as a CIA, a native title. And um, I know that there are some advantages to 3DS Xs. Uh, under the right environment, they're, I believe, just a better, easier way to develop homebrew. Um, and there's also been some recent concern about installing CIAs because they show up under your installed titles. And I believe there's some, um, I don't know if this is confirmed or not, but some people at least wonder if Nintendo can view those and could, you know, that could have been responsible for a recent ban wave or at least partially. So 3DS Xs are getting a little bit more life now, which is really nice. And um, let's see, I should be able to screen share myself, right? Uh, yeah, you should be able to. Maybe, possibly. Okay. So if we look here, um, with 3DSX loading, it says that 3DSX files can now be loaded seamlessly and work just like installed titles, meaning you can use the home menu and applets while a 3DSX application is running. Use the GDB stub, see below, etc. cetera. Uh, no need for hacks payloads anymore. So um, this seems like a decent move forward, and I wonder if we're going to see more life with 3DSX files in general. Um, but it's it's nice development. I like uh, seeing scene progress in one way or another. Now you were saying it because I know we found out about like the banning type thing, the banning controversy. Uh, well, not really so much about, but I didn't know that. It makes sense with some people saying, "Oh, it might be Nintendo looking for your installed titles." No, I completely believe that's a super easy way of doing it, and they have every possible way of checking for that. Um, but didn't you say that 3DSX files can also, um, when it comes to I guess how how streamlined they are or how good they are, they can perform better than um, install titles. Or you said there were some other benefits to them. Yeah, I mean, I've a lot of this has been he said, she said. I haven't developed any homebrew for the 3DS, but um, I've read that in general, a lot of the reasons why people previously used CIA files were just because they were a little more convenient. Um, as people, or as the system, up, this, the system got updates, um, there was a little bit of difficulty using 3DSX files through the, uh, the homebrew launcher. Yes. Um, once you got above 9.0, you weren't able to leverage uh, some kind of an exploit to gain more system access. So things like Decrypt 9 and Emunan 9 wouldn't work through the homebrew launcher. Um, the preferred way to do that after a while was definitely to actually load it through Bootstrap 9. And it still may be, but um, I'm, I'm not for sure, but I'm hopeful that this opens up that a little bit more because it, the 3DSX files are handled quite a bit differently. I'm hoping that you know we can have the best of both worlds, have a better platform for people to develop homebrew on and not have any kind of restrictions mm -hmm. while being convenient at the same time. Because it sounds pretty awesome being able to integrate with the home menu and everything and be treated like a first-class citizen when using it. Yeah. Now, there is a little bit of news around the next update, which uh, doesn't, I don't think we have a whole lot of a grasp of what this can potentially lead to, but you were showing it off a little bit. 
and that's the Rosalina menu. Would you like to yeah. kind of give a high-level overview of that? Sure. Well, admittedly, I don't really know all too much about Rosalina. I just know that what we're able to do is uh, it's used. It's been introduced after Luma 8.0 came out. Uh, well, it was introduced with that. And uh, from what I know, it's just a way of you can press a button combination and it pauses your system in real time and you can do different manipulations, whether it be debugging or uh, one of the main things now if you modify your 3DS is to um, swap out the uh, download play app. So essentially what you can do to, because uh, now when, so the process of now installing Luma, it seems a little bit backwards because now you actually, um, when you mod your 3DS, you do your NAND dump last, but you literally, you get your entry point into the system. You then uh, install uh, boot nine strap, install Luma. And then once you're in there, uh, you're able to do all the other modifications and such. But of course, when you get in there, you don't have any homebrew apps. Uh, so what you can do for this is you're supposed to go into uh, the download play app, and then you run the button combination. You're supposed to then do a little trick there. There's a selection where it essentially replaces that app with the homebrew launcher temporarily. You exit out of it, open it again, but then homebrew launcher comes up, and then you can do all the other stuff that you need to. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what this can lead to. Um, you showed it to me, and it definitely shows that there's potential here, being able to actually have the control over the system enough to do that. Uh, you know, it's pretty, pretty incredible. I believe there was also some other features about loading some kind of patches. So yeah, perhaps we'll see some, you know, new things come out that, you know, maybe we can interact with the games, we can interact with the, uh, the system a little bit more, you know, we'll see. Yeah, I'm hoping so any development would be cool. Now there was one thing I was telling you, and I couldn't find it again. So I don't know if anybody in the chat can verify it for me. But um, I swear, I think I saw it on 3ds hacks or something where people were complaining that the 3ds's were crashing more. And it was determined that it wasn't the firmware or boot nine strap, but it was actually Luma and Rosalina. And because of the Rosalina menu, it was, I guess, interacting with ARM9 in a certain way that wasn't extremely stable. And because of that, it just kept resulting in random crashes on the system. Yeah. Um, I hadn't heard about that myself, but, you know, I wouldn't be too surprised. It's pretty system, like, level heavy thing. I mean, it pauses all the switch processes, any animations. I mean, it really takes over. Yeah. See exactly why that could be kind of fragile. Mm -hmm. Exactly. It kind of like hijacks everything in a way. So it was neat. But I, as I said, I have pretty limited exposure to it. But I kind of gave you like that little like rundown of all the settings. Yeah, no, it was really interesting and really exciting to see after all this time with the 3DS again. You know, I thought it, we're hitting the end of the road with this major features go but ah man these people keep surprising me it's really mm -hmm. really exciting and i can't wait to see what else happens we started with gateway and we're here now so soon oh, we're going to be playing with magnets absolutely the bottom <laughs> yeah i'm still hopeful for magnet hacks yep <laughs> or, or ntr boot hacks i guess that's what's called i prefer magnet hacks okay i like that name again not not to stir rumors but magnets are not available in the eShop, but they are are they free? I guess they're not completely free. <laughs> I don't think I have a powerful enough magnet here, actually. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. It is interesting. I got like those magnets that you could like stick on a fridge, but I don't know if that would work for this. Uh, maybe not. But you also, I feel like you wouldn't want a magnet too strong either. I feel like some, do you remember like when you were a kid, did you have those like all those like little letter magnets on your fridge? Oh yeah, I'm sure. 
Yeah. I feel like one of those could work well enough. Perhaps. Take like an H for hacks and put it on there. I don't know, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be the way to do it. I don't know. We'll see. Anyways, what do you think a... we should? Uh... Oh well, I think you read my mind, man. Yes, questions. Because there's actually so uh, there. There's been people asking questions, and uh, you know we'll be getting to them now uh, until we kind of stop here, I guess. But there's actually there. There's the first one's for you, Ooh. Devin. So how do you? Real quick. Yes. Should we at least just briefly brush over? Did you see what Tavin posted about uh, the script to extract switch ROM FS? I feel like since you have the the more extensive coding background here, and because I, I, I saw that and I was like, I know that's important. I don't know how important. So well, I mean, the ROM FS is important. It was a pretty, you know, key factor in the 3DS scene. I don't know too many more details on that, but I think this is our first public script of something like this. So um, maybe it'll be something we dig into more next. Uh, next mod chat but some of this is starting to get out in the wild this isn't you know completely under wraps anymore hacks of the wild oh man i like it <laughs> <laughs> all right user questions you have one that you saw in particular that uh sounded like a good there's, one to start with there's one for you specifically you oh I, like I yeah, think, no. uh, it says paranoid coder problem. yeah how do you feel about emulators like cmu uh, well, I think the name's a little funny. Uh, me and you have discussed this. I said Simu, and you're just like, wait, Danny, that's just not how you say it. Well, I mean, I don't know for sure. I just assume emu, emu, cmu, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> but in general, I mean, I like them a lot. Uh, I'm a fan of emulators uh, in general. I, you know, if I had more money, I would have a nice beefy PC right by my TV dedicated to emulators. Um I think it's really exciting to see things like Breath of the Wild being ran at 4K as well. Being able to not just run games and backups of games or enable piracy or anything like that, but being able to push those games to new you know, areas. Um, it's going to be really good just for the longevity of the Wii U. It wasn't a console that sold really well. So I like that we have an emulator. So you know, if anything happens far into the future and they're hard to come by, you know, people will be able to relive some of those games or try them for the first time because they may not have had the chance to play the console. Yeah, um, and also, I mean, even with the system, too, like, the last time I checked, it sold worldwide, it sold less than 14 million units, which, I mean, 14 million, it's it's a lot, but it's also 14 million for console sales, especially from a company like Nintendo, where their bread and butter and really only thing is video games is not good. Yeah, I mean, this is probably... Not a good comparison, but I mean, I, I just wonder what like Apple sells in like a single quarter, you know, as far as like iPhones go. It's got to be just many tens of millions in a quarter. Yeah. So I don't know. Uh, the Wii U will live on with games like Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, I'm sure. So as the, or, you've mentioned or before, the Switch you like, or yeah, yeah. I mean, the Wii U will live on in the Switch. Yes. Uh, you've mentioned it before. Nintendo has the opportunity to have one of the best, get, you know, hidden libraries, you know, available with all the Wii U games that people mm -hmm. didn't get to play. I mean, that was also evidenced by most people thinking that Mario Kart 8 was a brand new game. Yep. The really the only people that are upset about the re-releases are people who bought Wii U's and got these games on Wii U. And like, I'm one of those people. I did the same thing, but you got to face that you're a major minority here. 
Yeah. Kind, I mean, of, kind of contradictory the way I said that, but still, still. I don't feel like that. I'm actually really excited because honestly, I wanted this so bad on the Switch because I had Mario Kart on the 3DS, I had Mario Kart on the Wii U, I had Mario Kart on the DS and the Wii, and both, I felt the same way about both, and it's like I don't want to dedicate a lot of time to either of these games because I wish I could just have the same game. Yeah. I wish I could take it with me and play at home. And I'm not a huge Mario Kart single player person anyway. Um, I mostly like to play it with friends and kind of, you know, a party environment where you're just having a good time. So uh, having to like unlock things, all the tracks and all the characters in two different games. I mean, they nailed it with me uh, with the deluxe game. You know, it's it's portable and it has everything unlocked for the most part. For sure. No, I, I can agree with that. That's what I enjoyed about it as well, too. Um, like I like that I still have to unlock the carts and all that stuff. But even so, I just like that I have the freedom to really play anywhere. The Switch, like, not, not the Switch, but the Wii U, like, the main thing to me, I was just like, I like that I have, you know, a console experience inside of, like, a portable method, but it, I just wish this was portable everywhere, not just in my apartment. Yeah, I mean, it is it is really nice. I thought the Wii U would be more impressive with the, uh, the portability, and the Switch is more impressive than I expected. So, I mean, it's it's turned out well. Now, I believe you have a question here by Shadow of the Colossus. Sure. Like to... What is the minimum time for Switch Homebrew to be released? Well, I myself, I'm not it, deep in that scene. I don't know the people or anything. Um, but for approved concept, I think we could see good, like, well, okay, by good stuff, I don't mean we're going to be seeing, you know, games getting installed and all that stuff, but I think we're going to see a good proof of concept of some kind by the end of this year. Yeah. I mean, like, I with think the that's... way... The way things are going, which I mean, it's still, it's it's big, but little at the same time. I mean, we have the game dumps, we have the kernel dumps, which even so, I mean, the other things were kind of sitting still on that. But from what I see with the, um, with the Switch, the security wasn't, you know, completely there. And we have some really talented people who are very experienced with the ecosystem working on this. Yeah, I mean, I think anything could happen at any time at this point. Uh I don't really expect it to be right around the corner, you know, with kind of the kernel getting dumped now. I feel like uh, the people that are in charge of this are smart, and I'm pretty sure they're going to want to get a full grasp of the system. Um, on the 3DS, we saw a pretty heavy movement to disallow piracy um, as much as they could. So if these same developers are going to do anything like that with the Switch, which, you know, to personal opinion, I think maybe it would be good for now just because the Switch is selling well, and if game pirating came out too early you know it does it can affect things mm-hmm. so i wouldn't be surprised if they went that route and piracy is inevitable on it of course but right i respect them for trying i do mm-hmm. you know it probably will never work 100 percent forever but it is what it is and just for you know user level homebrew i think it could happen anytime yeah i can do that Again, uh, I have no evidence either. I'm not deep into the community. This is all speculation, but with the progress we've seen, it's it's bound to happen. Absolutely. I think uh, one thing here is uh, how easy is it to update to the latest version of Luma from a very old version? So this is for custom firmware stuff. Um, if you have ARM9 loader hacks, it's pretty easy. You really just follow the 3DS guide. You It will tell you how to 
use safe B9S installer, which will go in and uninstall ARM9 loader hacks, install boot nine strap, and as long as you have the new Luma files copied over there, you're good to go at that point. Follow the guide. It's easy to do. Yeah, I mean, that I can't say that enough. Definitely follow the guide where as possible. But uh, depending on where you're at, even if you're on an older thing, if you don't want to mess with too much, do you know if Luma requires... Um, boot nine strap or anything else the uh, new versions or... yes they do require they do. it after i think after luma 7 so Lu- luma yeah. 7 1 and beyond do require boot nine strap okay um well i mean if you're if you're not willing to go the route of upgrading stuff it sounds like you may be able to go to 7.1 um at the latest if you or just seven, seven files. Oh, i believe so yeah i can't remember what's their uh Follow that. the guide. That's that's the best advice we can give. Agreed. If you can get on boot uh, boot nine strap and go the whole nine yards, it's definitely the way so, to go. Because I'll even put like this. I know. Well, shout out to James. He's not here right now, but he's asked me several. Like he's he's asked me, kind of me, but just also kind of the community several times. He's like, I have a really old R nine ha- like loader hacks with M- like EMU NAND installed and all this other stuff. Um, but I don't, I don't know what the hell to do. Like, how do I do this? I don't want to break anything. But like when I followed the guide recently, there was even a section on there that was like, if you're a person who you have like an older ARM9 loader hacks install with ImmuNand or you have ImmuNand at all, you can follow this section to switch ImmuNand over to system. So yeah, it, co- it covers everything. It's really nice. I can safely say that I've never seen a more comprehensive detailed but user-friendly guide in all of modding. I mean, mm-hmm. going from forum posts with replies that are pretty much RTFM, <laughs> this is a very welcome change. And you sure to really stick to the guide. This one is really good. It, um, it pretty much has all the information you need, but there are helpful people in the community if you need to. They advertise an IRC channel and ways to communicate with people. So Absolutely. Um, I mean, there's a Discord and all that as well, too. There's uh, r slash 3D shacks, you know? Yep, yep. So <laughs> um, if you need help, definitely seek it out. Um, you, you, I'm sure you'll be able to get where you want to be, and you'll be enjoying that sweet, sweet boot nine strap. Yeah. It'll be good stuff. I've seen one right here where uh, Tab was asking, how many people do you guys think still use Lodine to play their quote-unquote backup games? I mean, I'm sure a lot more than we expect. There's more people than I ever expect that still use Gateway to load their backups. I mean, I see it. Here's the thing. There's there's a lot of people that, like, I mean, they'll give Gateway shit, and I, I can understand that, but... Um, Gateway was also like the, the convenience factor is nice too. Of course, it's now it's more frustrating to use because dot three ds or dot three z is no longer the standard. But I have to say, I did like the fact that I could just take a file, copy and paste it, and be done. I didn't have to copy paste it and then install it or do anything else. Yeah, I mean, I somewhat agree. I think I understand more. What was the other, the other Sky? Mo- oh, not much. Yeah, Sky three ds. Yeah, um, I could understand that a little more, and I don't even know if that's still relevant these days. I don't know if it ever got blocked or patched. Uh, well, so there there was a patch to it. So here's the thing: at the core of it, from what I know, from what people have told me, it cannot be patched unless Nintendo completely re 
writes and uh, redoes the way that the system handles cartridges and loads them. Uh, but as for like anti-piracy checks on games, there are several games because there was like the original iteration with the blue button. Um, there were several games that they got updated with newer anti-piracy stuff that wouldn't work on there. You could finagle them to work and you can eventually get them to work. And then there was a later revision that came out that um, uses it uses like two orange buttons and it uses some type of menu and all that. So a bit more on the custom firmware side and that just loads up everything. Um, but no, really when it comes to cost support um, ease of you, uh, there's really not a need to use a flash card anymore. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, but those are the kind of users that I would expect more to want to focus on something simple and something easy to use and would want to stick with that because Gateway already went through the problems of having to set up a custom firmware and go past that stage of just ease and intuitiveness. Um, I mean, even we have uh, someone here in the chat, Xerneas guy, he says he still have a, has a Gateway card and a 3DS that's on 11.0 because Gateway stopped releasing stuff. It was very... Yeah, they stopped. It actually finally stopped, but they stopped, it seems. Yeah, the, I last time I checked, I haven't seen any update. Uh, well, I checked a few days ago. Their last post was February of this year. Yeah, so uh, that's what I'm telling you, man. Even when it comes to when it comes to support, when it comes to um, scene standards and all that, like, don't, I, I'm not saying you know I'm not bashing on Gateway by any means. I'm just saying like, no, you're not going to get help with that because it's not supported. Yeah, definitely. Um... I can't tell you exactly the steps to get off Gateway, and I don't know if the guide covers those, but uh, if you're still using um, well, your console... Well, MUNAND is, is the same. Like, that one genius thing that was nice is MUNAND is the same. The only thing you switch up to load into it is the custom firmware. So True. you can take your Gateway MUNAND and flash it over to your system NAND. And as long as you follow the guide, like, you can do all that. You can transfer that over. I do remember that, especially near the end, Gateway had a couple weird hacky things that you had installed your system, and I felt kind of dirty afterwards, and I really wanted... Like, I remember yeah, because what, steps. what they did for ARM9 loader hacks was they took the stuff that was already free, and then they end up taking it and rebranding it as their own stuff, but made it more dangerous and more convoluted than the free stuff that was available. Right. And even before that, they had things where you ended up installing system titles. I can't remember what it was... Um, not dev go- it wasn't dev menu but it was like big blue boxes I think like th- their FBI tool or like their CIA installing tool or something right it was something weird like that so I don't know I remember just getting off of it and it took me a minute to kind of pick up all or everything and at least get myself clean off of gateway <laughs> <laughs> but um, it's definitely well well worth the uh, the change absolutely yeah. Uh, so let me see one thing here. I'm see. There's there's several questions. Um, is there one of them? Is, is there going to be an after party? I'm assuming for. Uh, I'm assuming for mod chat here. I I don't know actually. Probably not tonight. Not for this one. But uh, we'll we'll see if we can figure out something sometime. Uh, one person's asking here. I I don't know anything about this. I don't know. Maybe if you know anything on here, but uh, yo, when my brother plays PS4, hackers join his game in Mom Warfare. Why is that? Uh, was I correct with hacking available on next gen now? Like Devin, have you have you heard of that at all? Uh, I have not. Not on any of the, you know, PS4, Xbox One kind of stuff. Not not on Switch. Not on anything really. 
not anything current gen at least. So, yeah, I, I would say my my professional answer would be uh, I don't know of that. I don't doubt that there's some type of thing available. Um, I've seen like different recoveries and all that stuff, and also that's so general. Like PS4 hackers, I don't know what exactly that entails on there. Um, my non my non professional answer would be stop playing Modern Warfare Remaster and don't support it. <laughs> you have something against Modern Warfare Remastered? Yeah, like they took the game and they changed up a bunch of stuff. Like I played through it. Like I thought the campaign was cool and I played the multiplayer at first. I thought that was cool, but it was only 10 maps. So they ended up, you know, gutting the game and then they decided to add microtransactions to it and they decided to re-add DLC to the game. Um, so they've just effectively been uh. trying to cash out as much as possible on a game that is 10 years old. Like this was... I mean, at least it's playable. Like, it's not broken is what I'm saying. And when I say broken, I'm okay. talking like Master Chief Collection broken. I'm not talking about, like, the game being imbalanced or anything. But, like, I, I don't know. So it, it, it's weird that companies mess up remasters. Yeah, it's pretty incredible. Um, man. Yep. That's kind of a bummer. <sighs> Sad. I had fun with it when I played it, but then I stopped. And then shortly after I stopped, I heard it got really, really bad. And I'm like, oh, this sounds this sounds horrible. This is not what I played at all. Yeah, I'm glad I got out of the Call of Duty stuff um, a few years ago. I really haven't felt like I've missed much at all. But, mm -hmm. you know, personal preference. Yeah. Uh, any luck for the PS4, PS4 Pro higher kernel exploits? Last time I checked on that... I believe there's still kernel exploits that are being found. Um, they're just not being released publicly. Uh, I know a lot of people were banking on QWERTY releasing his stuff, but he's never said he was going to release it. And I think his main prerogative for releasing something is he wants it to be like fully patched. Uh, last time I checked, one of his kernel exploits that he was using on newer firmwares, um, the kernel exploit was still there, but his entry point was patched up. Like... If he wants to release something, he wants it to be fully patched, like completely patched up on the latest firmware. But again, that's also up to him. So, Right, right. You definitely know better than I would about this stuff. I try. I try. Oh, Big Blue Menu. That was it. Mm -hmm. Big Blue yeah. Menu. I, I know Big Blue Box was releasing something, but that was, the, that was the one that you probably had to release. Well, had to use that was kind of the ripoff of... Um, Dev menu. That was it. Mm -hmm. yeah. Fun stuff. Seeing, so, Devin, this is directed to you, but uh, is stability a trigger word for you? <laughs> uh, no, I don't think so. I mean, well, I don't know. <laughs> so, these days, I'm getting, so I'm getting older, I'm getting a little less tolerant of instable things in my life. Um, so I don't know if that's what he's referring to or something else, but in general, I don't, I, women, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know if it's a trigger word per se, but, uh, yeah, I definitely, you know, these days I used to root my phone and install custom ROMs all the time. And I've pretty much resorted back to stock just to keep things stable. I don't mess with my computer quite as much as I used to. Thankfully, game consoles are a little less, you know, my life doesn't revolve around them. I don't, on my phone, I kind of need my phone to be stable. So I don't, I don't mind a little bit of instability. It's not too bad.
Yo, speaking of phone stability, so I got I got a OnePlus 3T here. Did you did you hear about the dude who had the OnePlus 5 and he couldn't call the police? Yeah. I heard that several other phones, at least several other phones are affected, so they're worried that it's actually in the AOSP source code. That is horrible, and that actually pisses me off. Like, no, there was a guy on the OnePlus subreddit who said he was in Seattle, he saw a building on fire, he tried to call 911 twice, and each time his phone ended up rebooting. Yeah. Pretty intense, but yeah, I don't know. Now that needs some stability. Nintendo yeah. could learn a thing. Or, no, <laughs> no, not Nintendo. No, OnePlus could learn a thing or two from Nintendo with them doing like a year and a half of stability updates. Right, I know. Go get some consulting contract amount or something. Because yeah. that is ridiculous. And I haven't tried to call 911 to test it or anything like that, but well, some, if some that's the case. Just like, you should, you, what, they're just like, oh, you should use this alternative number. Use this. It's like, no, 911 needs to work. Like, how yeah. hard is that to understand? 911 needs to work. I'm pretty sure legally, at least in the U.S., you have to make it so a phone can dial 911 even if it doesn't have cell service. Uh, except for the old brick phones. Those have been deprecated. I think in 2005 or 2006, they like officially made it where those phones no longer need any support. Hmm, interesting. Yeah. Well, but it, it, it's still a thing for like modern phones? Yes. Yeah, any any modern phone. Like, if it doesn't have service, like, you still... Well, like, active service, like, you don't have an active plan on it, you should still be able to make an emergency call. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a good thing, but it's definitely not good if you can't utilize it. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. Gotta love it. Yeah. Anyways, I'm kind of feeling... I'm not seeing uh, many more questions on here. Um, and honestly, I'm a little bit hungry, but, uh, you know, Devin, what, what did you think of, of your uh, first show as a permanent co-host here? Oh, it's fun, man. I'm excited. Lots of good people in the chat. So I'll definitely be sticking around for at least, at least one more show. Yeah. Sh shout out to the chat people. Y'all have been awesome. Thank you for being welcoming. Awesome with Devin, all that stuff. That was like my one thing. I was like, I want to make sure everyone's cool with you. And I want to make sure, you know, there's no like animosity or hate or anything going on. I think the worst thing that's really been happening is my damn dog has been um, whining. Yeah. Again, I've got these earbuds and I can't even hear it. So you're worse off than I am. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I, I can hear it through the mic. So. Yeah, no, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be a fun time. Like Devin, he's actually like local here as well too. So the lovely thing is, um, he'll be able to you know come over. We can get our recording stuff set up as well. And we're, we're looking forward to this. We've definitely been a lot more involved on this as well too. We're like last night, for example, like we met up and we kind of like briefly went over what we we're gonna do, what we we're gonna be structuring, etc. So like, in short, I'm saying we're gonna actively work at making this you know a better podcast. Yeah, I mean, I'm really excited. I had a great time just uh, collecting articles myself over this past month. Um, mm -hmm. You know, it, it was a very natural thing for me. We didn't, you know, there wasn't a whole lot of effort. There wasn't a whole lot of a struggle. And I mean, it's really exciting. I'm hyped for this. Um, and thank you to the people in the chat. Uh, you guys are all cool AF as well. Yep. <laughs> yeah, no, I've seen nothing but love in the chat. So y'all chat guys are awesome. Yeah, no, I'll definitely be coming back. Uh, you'll see me in, what, about another month from now or so? Yeah. Sweet. Yeah. A fun time. Yeah, anyways, I'm a, I'm a little bit tired. I'm a little bit hungry. I'm going to get out of here. But uh, everyone, thank you so much for coming here. We had a good turnout, I feel like. You know, we had a good communication going on. And again, thank you for 
letting Devin just hang out here, do his thing. And he's going to be on, you know, the episodes beyond this as well. Uh, if you are wanting to check out more mod chat, whatever it is, uh, if you're checking this out on YouTube, you can look down below in the description. There's going to be our mod chat playlist. We're also available on Google play Podbean, iTunes, all that other fun stuff. If you want to check out Devin, follow him. His Twitter is going to be down below. If you want to interact a little bit more with myself on here, uh, you know, my social media is down below. Mod chat social media is going to be down below as well. Uh, there's also going to be my Discord as well, too, which we're trying to, you know, steadily grow that as well, too. And also, you know, big shout out to uh, Tavin as well, which I need to uh, add uh, after this processing. I'll go ahead and add his um, his social media stuff there as well, too. Uh, but just the insight he really gave me on uh uh, on the recent Wii U update and such. Uh, he was actually, I'd be, even be down to have him as a guest at one point because he kind of invited himself on in a way. But because of this whole, you know, the host change, I was like, hey, no guests this month. So in the future, I'd be down. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I haven't had any, you know, direct experience with him, but just in what you showed me and him hanging out in the chat tonight, I'm totally down. It seems like, seems like good people. Yeah. It'll be a fun time. Many Stomedy memes and everything. Oh, man, I didn't drop a Stomedy meme in here. Oh, next time. It's too late. Yeah, it's next time. It's too late. No, it's too late. It's okay. too late. Okay. Oh, man. All right. Anyways, this is Mr. Mario signing off. Thank you all for watching. everyone. We uh, very much appreciate it. We look forward to uh, next time. See you later, guys.